It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Shutdown 4K. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That was perfect. I was already thinking ahead, like several sentences ahead. And you know what? Let's just start week seven's recap with an evil laugh, right? Like a really... (laughs) Well, I just, I want to go in a slightly different direction, if that's okay. Yeah, you can. Well, it was a stressful week for a lot of people, a lot of people who probably listen to this program. And this is a little bit of a throwback, but I thought it might be nice to bring back ASMR voice, just sort of like soothe everybody, let everybody know everybody's going to be okay. So with your permission, um, if you're listening, I just want you to close your eyes, feel very relaxed, Mm -hmm. feel your heartbeat, feel the hairs on your arms stand up and lie back down and I want you to picture yourself sitting in a chair in front of a lake beyond that lake is a mountain shrouded in very gentle very cool mist it's very very quiet you can't hear anything but the sound of my voice and a heron flies by glides over the water not touching the water no sound whatsoever and it glides up to this beautiful, verdant mountain. Everything is just so still, so peaceful. And then the heron lands on the mountain. And suddenly, the top of the mountain explodes. And you think, oh, this must be some sort of volcano. And the sky grows dark. And suddenly you notice that it's raining, but it's not raining water or even ash or magma, it's raining human bone. 
At least you think it's human. You can't tell for sure. Tibias and femurs and patellas and sternums. Those little bones in your ear. And, and all of a sudden, bodies start to float to the top of the lake. Hundreds of them, mummified perfectly. Unsolved murders from a serial killer who was never caught because he was the chief of police the whole time. And then you see that heron flying back, gliding, on fire, squawking in pain. Collapses in front of you and coughs up an envelope. The envelope is strangely perfectly intact, and you open it. And the only thing the envelope says on the inside is, Welcome to Blood Week. Y'all, that was all off the top of the dome, too. Brian didn't write none of that down. That wasn't that. Was, we don't do writtens on this show. No. Do you feel better? Do you do you feel better? We were we were. Yeah, man, all I feel real soothed. I, I do actually. See, you know, I feel, like, I feel but... centered and in and, and um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel real <laughs> tranquil got, now. We got three. We got three dads in the podcast. Tell me, like a good thirty seconds into that. When the body started popping up, you're just like, I don't care. This is soothing. You keep going. <laughs> it's quiet. It doesn't like, matter. Like, I know. Like a younger, a younger, less sleep deprived person would have been like, well, that is disturbing because my brain has paid attention to it. Like, <laughs> like the sleep starved dad brain is like, no, ride this. Ride this straight to hell. Take it down. See if I give a shit. Yeah, I don't care. Those bodies aren't real, and if they are, you know what? I don't have to clean them up. Oh, you know who I have to clean up? This house. It's Blood Week! It ain't on my property, is it? We got our terrifying Blood Week. Sacrifices were made. Garments were rent asunder. Temples fell. The sun burnt out. It was beautiful. Crawl Space Week. (laughs) Crawl space week. An entire weekend of Friday night. And here's the thing. You're going to say that this weekend began, this this blood week began, with Clemson losing to Syracuse on the road. And you're wrong. Because what happened on Wednesday, October 11th, Spencer Hall and Jason Kirk? A three-square favorite lost. The four and one Troy right. Trojans at the time, mm-hmm. yep, lost lost to the South Alabama Jaguars, who were at the time one and four, nineteen to eight. Meaning, in a single weekend, LSU beat Auburn and suffered all sorts of new transitive losses. So that's that's when we that's when the wisest of us should have known that danger. And tumult were on the way, but we didn't because we're dumb. That's why you listen to this podcast. That's why we do this podcast. I would tell you this, that that if you did not, like if you were like, okay, well, when did things really start, you know, like going sideways? Okay. Because, you know, I don't know. Troy losing, that's, that's something, right? But it's not exactly, it's not exactly like, oh man, roof's caving in, right? Like, we should have known something was going on. No. When you really should have known something was going on. Like, all right, and Clemson gets an injury. You're like, oh, okay. Maybe this is maybe this is really something here. Okay, even then, I could say maybe you should just cool your jets. You really should have known that something was going on when Wazoo lost by scoring only three points. Yeah. 
at Cal. I think if you if you tell somebody, okay, Cal at home is going to upset Washington State, they'll say, I can see it, I can see it. What was the score, like 56 to 55? And you say, oh, no, Cal only scored 37. Huh, okay, so Wazoo scored 36 then. He got one of the, the digits, right? The correction to that is where you get them. Because when people were waking up Saturday morning and seeing the final score, it was like, hang on, I got to look this up at another site because that can't be right. Like, no, the notification can't be right. I got to I gotta go drive down there and see the scoreboard myself. Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. And that was when it was clear we were in. And, like, this weekend, like, you know, college football internet veteran people, like, we always say, like, oh, this could be the big one. You know, and, like, if you're just getting into this this sport, <laughs> it probably sounds pretty weird. But, like... This happens once a year. You can go back every single year. There is at least one weekend like this where just everything falls apart. And if your team makes that out of it, if your team wins ugly, awesome. You survived. Um, but like, you know, for about a month now, we've been saying this week is coming. This week is coming. And it finally, it finally, it finally arrived. Now, there are a couple things that you should say for all of us, okay? The biggest upset of the weekend. I guess in terms of profile, it's probably not the one I would say this is the most unusual one, right? Clemson losing at Syracuse. And I will correct everybody. We, we got a little bit of credit for merely seeing this as possible, right? <laughs> we did. This is how shocking I think it was to everybody else that we said, ah, you know, you know, they're, they're squirrely. You got to keep an eye on Syracuse. And, and, you know, that's don't give us too much credit for that. One, we're wrong. Just assume that we're wrong. Yeah. If we get anything uh, right. And also, we have been, like, vigorously overrating Syracuse for about a solid year now. We were bound to get it right at some point. Right. This is, this is, this is a blind squirrel finding a nut. All right? Admittedly, a really fortuitously timed nut. But still, don't give us too much credit for it. However, it's not that weird. It's not that weird for a lot of reasons, okay? One, uh, last year, who did Syracuse tattoo in a blowout at home in Syracuse? Virginia Tech, a team most people thought would you know, be favored, rolled in, got the teeth knocked in, right? So has this happened before to a favorite coming into Syracuse under the Dino Babers administration? Yeah, it's already happened, okay? Forget their name Clemson, all right? Fellow ACC heavyweight, right? That's Virginia Tech and Clemson. Clemson, admittedly, yeah, sure, coming off a national championship. Also replacing a quarterback. Also had their quarterback literally knocked out of the game on a weird hit. Like, like I know that's a routine hit, right, when you drag somebody down. But he his, oh, God, Kelly Bryant's head whipped into the turf. It's nauseating. He just passed out, like, on the field, just knocked cold. And when that happens, and he's already got a bad ankle, and you put the backup in on the road in a really loud environment because when the Carrier Dome, yes, the unair conditioned Carrier Dome, we are obligated as media members to point out Carrier Dome has no air conditioning. Can't say that without saying the other thing. Place is loud. Extremely loud. Oh, and Syracuse, they're improving. They've been improving for quite a while. They were begging for somebody. And Clemson just showed up wrong time. Wrong night. Not actually that weird of an upset when you look at it, particularly considering the injuries Clemson had to suffer and all of the things that Syracuse does 
to put pressure on a defense. It just added up. It didn't feel like when you were watching it, it didn't feel or look all that weird until you remembered the names of the teams, right? So uh, yeah. I, I don't I know exactly what you're saying, and I think I know which game you're going to as the actual surprise. Because like watching this one, it was just well, Syracuse looks like the better team tonight. Like I know Clemson's better team overall, but that doesn't square with what my eyes are saying. So because what because what happened? What happened here? Right? Um, one, you had a quarterback playing his ass off, right? And when that happens, and you have a quarterback who's just on that night, and he's getting good protection, he's got a receiver who's making plays for him, and they're running the ball steadily. That's bad for any defense. Remember, like, that's the key to beating Alabama. You're like, well, you need a quarterback to have the, like, night of his life. Well, that's the key to beating a lot of good teams. And Eric Dungey had a crazy night. Super efficient. Made plays with his arm and with his legs. Like, just and unre- played through uh, a really nasty hit to his shin, which, to anyone who has stepped into their kid's room in the middle of the night and hit the toy chest right there, Eric Dungey did that, but with like a human being's helmeted like head hitting it. So, well done, Eric Dungey. Which he does. It's kind of what he's known for, that and dunking grape juice on himself. Yes, covering himself in grape soda during a video he recorded for his stats class, singing the praises of statistical analysis. Syracuse is a pretty good school. But this didn't feel like, that That didn't feel that weird. Now, which one do you think I'm going to say is the actual huge massive stonking upset here i think it's time to consider arizona state yeah yeah <laughs> gonna make it like tim and eric long because <laughs> like this one watching it unfold was like how is this still happening like, oh. like it wasn't the same feeling of like one team's out playing each other it's it was more of a what am i looking at kind of feeling and it never stopped. It never got better, right? You kept waiting for Washington, for the talent gradient to kick in, for them to start to lean on Arizona State, for them to have receivers break open, for them to, uh, I don't know, get a reverse for a touchdown that doesn't get called back for a holding penalty, which which happened, except for the part where it doesn't get called back because it did get called back, where they looked obviously superior. Because the gag is, uh, Arizona State's defense, they, they've been an atrocity for, what, four years running? Three years running? Mm-hmm. I, I remember coming into the season looking at this stretch of their schedule, and we were saying, like, they're going to give up 50 points a game. They gave up seven in this one. And it wasn't, and that seven wasn't until the very end. Mm-hmm. And, and, and seven, and, like, um, even if Washington had made all its field goals, it would have been a mere 13. Jason, did they make all their field goals? They did not. Um, they, one went to the uh, left and one went to the right. They were both about 25 yards away. Mm-hmm. Let's just review all of the cardinal signs that you're not going to win as a heavy road favorite. <laughs> one, it never turns the corner. Like the game never turns the corner, right? You don't have a, a, a drive where you settle everything down, right? Two, opponent plays an atypical game. And the quarterback, three, the quarterback plays their best game imaginable, which Manny Wilkins was pretty dang good. Made a ton of plays in the first half and sort of managed their way down in the second. Three, you blow a huge fourth down or a huge third down late in the game, right? Crucial late down, late in the game. 
In this case, were you actually up for the end of this game? When Arizona State went for it? Yeah. When they, yeah. And on, it was, a, it, it was what the fuck are you doing? Oh, I see what you're doing. Okay, you're just going <laughs> to chuck it, and it's going to sail through one guy's hands into the other guy's hands, just how you drew it up. Got it. So to, to, to review just exactly how many different ways Washington was screwed. By the way, when Washington finally scored in the fourth, um, you're going, oh, well, and it's probably like a long pass to Austin Pettis or something, right? Or like a long run. No, against the trash Arizona State defense prior to this game, they were outstanding against Washington. They needed 14 plays and 71 yards. <laughs> they needed an odyssey <laughs> when... just to cut it to 13-7. That when Washington turned into the other UW. Yeah. Yeah, they turned into Wisconsin. Just rumbling down the field, all sausage and anger. Just that it took him that long. And then on fourth and three, fourth and three in the Washington 37, Manny Wilkins, instead of, I don't know, trying to run the ball, trying to throw short, uh, throws through the hands of a receiver, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, and hits CJ French Love. <laughs> I mean, everyone expected a quick kick. Like, yeah, you know, try to draw them off sides and then do a quick kick, pin them at the ten, and then just assume they're not going to finally score a touch. Nope, let's go for it. We're Arizona State. Yeah, it was. It was announcers calling the game. Snap happens. Voices rise alarmingly, like with actual alarm in their voice. Like, and he's going to throw. <laughs> like, it was a excited. lot like. This was the 10-year celebration of this game, but it was a lot like LSU Auburn 2007 when um, everyone, ex- you know, <clears throat> expects the kick. And hey, let's uh, let's just go for it all right here. Yeah, you know, I, you know, even the announcers are like, I don't know, but okay, it worked. This is my favorite stat from this game. There were four penalties called for 20 yards. One five-yard penalty on an ASU. Three penalties for 15 yards on Washington. I don't think that means this game was played cleanly. I think this means at some point the the officials saw this unfolding and were like, oh my fucking god, you guys! You guys come watch this! Hey! <laughs> Dead Washington over here! Yeah. Washington, Washington, by the way, only like another sign, you're only three for fourteen on third down when you think of this washington team when you think of chris peterson you think of machine-like efficiency no no sir no it was it was like a machine like when you gotta you gotta take back you know yeah take back to the shop like a like a corn baller (laughs) every time (laughs) by the way it's not like arizona state had an offensive explosion against that nope only 40 yards rushing y'all only it's like two two forty through the air. Yeah, I mean this wasn't like a, a Georgia Missouri shootout or anything like that. Yeah, this <laughs> this the stats are on this are like if you actually played a NCAA game with five minute quarters. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it really it really does. And and the other thing, by the way, I think point five on my list that you're not going to win, you you get iron with a kick. Like in a good clank too, a good insulting gong when you 
when you bang one off the upright and it doesn't bounce in. Like, that's it. When that happened, you're like, no, it's over. Especially if you're Chris Peterson standing there and you remember 2010. Wow. When the only only loss on your record was due to two short missed field goals. Yeah, in Reno. Just never kick. Not that you get back to Reno recreationally a whole lot anyway, but... uh, I think he's taking overland roads to Tahoe if he goes, because he ain't going through Reno again. But yeah, this is this is this is exact like the, the the end. This is the second half drive chart. If you want to know what an absolute stifling grappling match this entire game was, counter to every single game Arizona State has played for the last three years. All right, uh, second half drives. Arizona State punt. Washington missed field goal. Arizona State punt. It's a five play, three plays, five plays. Arizona State just kept punting, and they were happy to do it because their defense was playing on lock. Washington State, or Washington, punt. Arizona State, punt. Washington, missed field goal. Arizona State, fumble. Washington, punt. On a three-play negative 14-yard drive. Arizona State, missed field goal. Washington, the aforementioned 14-play odyssey, just to pull something out of the Arizona State defense and then arizona state they run the clock out with an 11 play drive this is the, this is an afc north game <laughs> this, this is, is I, this, this is still not the game i thought you were gonna go with it is it is a very good choice but see how good this weekend was the the game i thought you were gonna go with um did not was not a ranked team losing to an unranked team okay um it did not I would not say it significantly altered anybody's chances to make the playoff because I don't think either of these teams they were done with that um all the same. But Louisville, you let Boston College score forty five points. Forty five. Forty five and, and and this was one of those games that we were watching it in the office and Somebody looks up and says, Boston College is, at the time, 42 points. And immediately you start running through all the alternative ways you can do that. You're thinking punt return. You're thinking pick six. You're thinking some sort of coupon program. You're thinking... 21 safeties. You're thinking uh, uh, your uncle died and he left you 14 points. Uh, You're thinking you rolled doubles three times. Um, Nope. It's just... Six offensive touchdowns and a field goal to win the game. 555 yards of offense. They got outgained by Louisville. As well they should because Louisville has Lamar Jackson. And Boston College doesn't. But, but I, oh my god. Like, should we give, should Todd Grantham get a statue at Papa John Stadium at this point? That's the other thing I didn't mention. This was in Kentucky. This wasn't in BC's home, the fiercely defended alumni stadium. No. Papa John himself may have had to watch this buttery explosion. Dear God. Got some leaks at the slice. <laughs> Got the, the, the big boxes leaking. Oh, the pan boiled over again. Dudes will eat burnt cheese, though. Dudes love burnt cheese. Just garlic butter trickling all over everything. And this is um, 
Uh, Bobby Petrino's new defensive coordinator hire who underachieved at Mississippi State and historically that is saying something. Ignoring um, your ignoring your doctor's advice and eating double garlic knots, that's the dude. <laughs> uh, Boston College now has 17 touchdowns on the year. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, um, a third of their of their touchdowns for the entire year came against um, a team that entered the season ranked well, like fifteen or so. That's a, that's 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 good stuff. It's I mean, Louisville has one ACC win at this point, and that's against a UNC team that is not very good. And looking at the rest of the schedule, I mean. I, I you cannot you cannot look based on this result, you cannot look at the rest of the Louisville schedule at Wake Forest, against Virginia, against Syracuse, and at Kentucky, and say with absolute confidence they're gonna win six games. They probably will. It would be alarmist oh I'm sorry, I forgot the at Florida State that precedes all that. They probably will still win six games. But you, you can't at this point say, Oh, it's guaranteed because you gave up forty five fucking points to Steve Adazio. Yeah, I don't. They were they kept going back. This game as it updated. ESPN kept interrupting with different updates for it, citing the new last game where Boston College scored X points, and it kept going up. Like, well, the last time Boston College scored thirty <laughs> points against a ranked team was two thousand twelve. Well, the last time they scored thirty five points against a ranked team was two thousand eleven. And finally it kept getting ridiculous. Like the last time Boston's college scored forty five points, like Jeff Jagazinski was the coach and Matt Ryan was the quarterback. Hannibal Both was Hannibal was crossing the Alps with the elephants. Who yeah, all loved like, Boston College. It just kept going further and further back, which had to be I really wish that was piped into like Coach Sermon's like like headset. Petrino might have done that, right? Yeah, go ahead and tell him. Pipe it in there. <laughs> tell him how awful he is. <laughs> tell him he's a dirty boy. He's a dirty bad boy. <laughs> You're losing to a coach who doesn't even have any hair. <laughs> I um, there's a there's a really good post at uh, Card Chronicle, our Louisville blog today, about how like. You kind of just get to like, does Bobby Petrino know he's not an offensive coordinator? Like, does he know he's the head coach and the defense is technically his fault too? And like, it's on him to fix this. I would say no. He'll just throw him to the curb. Like, in case you doubt that the man just treats humans like garbage, there'll be no like, I don't know. I really believe in what he. No, no. Wow, he's gone. I don't. Who new phone? Who dis? I don't. You want your stuff? I don't know who you are. There's a there's a white cardboard box waiting for you. Just put all your stuff in it and leave. We're like, excited nobody to wants... welcome back Coach Grantham. <laughs> he did a great job here at Louisville previously. <laughs> like, is he such a robot that he cannot entertain new options? Right? Like, it's like, who do you need a defensive coordinator? The last one. I met Brian. <laughs> I met Brian Van Gorder in this airport Applebee's, and he's very strong. Oh come on, like. Like Brian Van Gorder isn't just hanging out at an airport Applebee's <laughs> looking for Miss Lo- Miss Lonely Hearts. In the winter. Where are you flying? Hey. Huh? Me too. Hey. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sir, you don't have a ticket to get on this airplane. Yes, I do. You met this young Philly right here. Well, that's Sleep. funny because I'm the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> 
he kind of you know what i'm like i could buy that like yeah. brian van gorder's rolling up being like i'm flying the plane i'd be like you you know you kind of look like a pilot actually as soon as it's off the ground just floor it floor it um in addition god we'll we haven't there's over. there's so much we haven't got i mean there's I the, there's the game we'll, that was we'll maybe not the most surprising if you just look at the score but when you consider how it proceeded LSU coming back from then you can you, the number I feel like you can say anything you can be like yep LSU came back from a 38 point deficit to win 27-23 and I'll be like oh the math sounds wrong but it did feel that way I'll buy it Good job, LSU. Way to way to somehow get points taken away from Auburn, like it's like it's a karate tournament or something. Great I think work, that, uh, uh, barn cheating. That's, mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. that's the summary. Uh, also, should be pointed out that Auburn dressed up as the Troy mascot, and then, <laughs> then Auburn immediately blew a seventeen-point lead. Yeah, I mean that's on Auburn. We can't pin that on Auburn though. A twenty-point. Auburn's going to talk. A twenty-point lead at at the a twenty-point lead like early in the second. It, this game was so firmly in Auburn's control, and from so so it's twenty to zero with about thirteen minutes left in the second quarter, and for the rest of the game, Auburn scores three points. Auburn took what was looking like a super promising season, had beaten everybody they were supposed to beat easily, had played Clemson close, looked like they were going to smear LSU on the road, probably beat Arkansas and A&M as well, and just ease into that Georgia game with national playoff implications. And no, no, they're just like, they can, listen, they can still win the West. They still control their own destiny. But at this point, the team that could not score a single point in the second <laughs> half, I'm going to go ahead and say that no. No, they don't. I yeah. like how um, Coach O went from fired after the Troy game to super fired when he's down 20 0 to Auburn to, you know, like crowning, shining moment. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the proof of concept, the vision is finally real. You know, I mean, LSU fans weren't saying that, but like he just went from like super, super fired. Why was he ever hired? Like, this is what happens when you hire the interim and like you only hire the guy because he's from Louisiana. And now it's like, oh, well, you just beat little, Florida, just beat Auburn. Little, little tactical thing here, too. Uh, you know what you can do to uh, Auburn when they start to have to actually pass the ball? You can blitz them. Holy oh, crap. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. last that last series. That last series, and you go, you know, you should fall back in a shell, and you should play prevent, and you should just keep everything in front of you, and that's how you're going to win. It. Oh shit! Like Dave Aranda's like, it got blitz. <laughs> they went. They were not going to sit back on their heels and just let Auburn get close. No, no, they've sent dogs after Jarrett Stidham, and you know what Jarrett Stidham did? Jarrett Stidham, uh, not a male man. He does not leap over fences to escape pressure. He. He he lets the dogs no, just take what the, they want. He's the he's the trainer, the police trainer, except he forgot to wear his suit that day. <laughs> yeah. ah, all I know is how to offer them my arms. Shit. <laughs> I'm Jared. I'm out of, I mean, after that Clemson game, he's out of arms, so Yeah. I'm Jared Stidham and this is Jackass. This is dog <laughs> attack. Huh. Yeah. That is kind of him being stuck in that backfield so far this year. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, they they Dave Aranda, like probably my favorite defensive adjustment of and finish of the weekend was watching LSU's defense just go full all out blitzes on the final drive and absolutely shatter any chances Auburn had of coming back and winning that game after, of course, blowing that 20 point late. 20 is a lot of points. 18. 18 is quite a few points, too. Yes, I know. Big 12 point adjustment. But remember, at one point this weekend, West Virginia was down 18. Old Dana Holgerson and the Mountaineer mascot sitting there at Evansville, Indiana, like, you know, Caesars, right? Just down on the chips, pile getting low. And you know what Dana and the West Virginia mascot did? Ordered another round of drinks and doubled down, son, because they overcome an 18-point deficit to beat Texas Tech in Morgantown. Deeply underrated game from this weekend, by the way. Like, massively entertaining. Will Greer? Will Greer's just gotten, like, so much better since he, you know, stopped taking steroids. We'll have a little schoolhouse, like, substances, tale of Unknown substances, which have never been proven. A little moral. Fiber little one moral. bars. Yep. Lots and lots of fiber one bars. Mm-hmm. You know, all you need to excel at quarterback is good hair. And That's... and a regulated digestive system. Nobody wants to be bound up and backed up on the field. No. So a little, like, little Miralax. Some like Jesus hair, a good beard to go with it. Put yourself in the love and arms of an air raid offense. It'll take care of what ails you. They ended up they ended up beating Texas Tech after Texas Tech just I think Texas Tech just ran out of points. They're just like, oh, that's our budget for this week. Shit, blew it early. Sorry, y'all. West Virginia is definitely putting itself in prime position to be the team that will not sniff the playoff, which is fine. I don't think that was an expectation this year, but will just pummel a an unsuspecting bowl opponent because their their two losses this year are both thirty one twenty four losses and they are to Virginia Tech I believe that was a neutral site game and on the road against TCU those are two excellent teams to take down to the wire and 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 ah oh man like I feel very good about them getting some slapdick power five conference that's like half interested in being there and then they're like holy shit they put up 69 points they they scored seven touchdowns but then dana holgerson took a knee on the last extra point because he thought 69 was awesome which mm, that's gonna happen you know who would kick you know who'd go for two seamless transition by the way another team that i'm just calling they're gonna get in a bowl game and absolutely like kick like multiple dicks off of one person yeah that uh, this will look different what you're talking about but it'll be still painful yeah ucf i think ucf ucf oh my god quietly quietly putting together a splatterhouse classic of an offensive season and i mean that for you not them not them no 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 they're they're coming out of that house with the chainsaw in the air roaring and happy like that's you're you're the one who's in trouble if you face that. That team's going to get into a bowl game. And they're going to flatten somebody, and we're just going to we're just going to say all that because uh, remember the best offenses in Florida, as everyone predicted this year: uh, UCF, USF, and uh, and Miami. Miami, of- don't don't look at how it happened. Don't worry. Don't <laughs> don't look too close. Okay. 
Just buy the also, car. Isn't this listen, car nice? Look, wouldn't you wouldn't you like to get a hand job in this nice Miami 2017? <laughs> yeah, you would, boy. The, yeah, buddy. Just don't, Miami. don't, no. Get put that consumer reports away. What are you doing? Miami. You want to get a oh. hand job? I'll be Miami guy. Yeah, bro. That's you know, that's <laughs> a, look, that's that's your hand job car. You got four cars, okay? Four car garage, house, mortgage is five thousand dollars a week right right okay. car, so car one levels. that's your hand job car car two that's the car for moms love you moms car three that's your other hand job car for your second hand job lady car four that's for church because again love you moms yeah and the motorcycles for the feds because it's illegal to pull over a motorcycle for anything that's right look it up it's the law and then mark rick walks in the garage what 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 are all these vehicles for <laughs> Now you're not you're not having you're not having vaginal intercourse in the no 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 coach no no coach no coach see we see we got a we got a system (laughs) just get the station wagon you know we just we just made this up but remember that Mark Rick did go to the University of Miami as an undergrad so if you were like which car is that you're like oh that's the hand job car and we're just like joking and just made it up he'd be like oh yeah yeah we had those. Oh, yeah, I different that. times, different times back then, but you know we had hand job cards too. <laughs> oh God, I'm so happy they won that game though because um, I've now adjusted to the notion that there are teams who only serve as supporting actors in college football, right? And they play their role as well as possible. They're not mm-hmm. going to necessarily win, uh, but they're the Brian Dennehys, if you will, of college football. They are the uh, find a more contemporary example of a quality supporting actor who's, you know, they're never going to get the main bit, but they're always going to make what they're in better. Yeah. Um, Georgia Tech falls into that category. Indiana. Yeah, you fall into that category as well. Oh, your death scene. It was beautiful, especially because we all thought you had already died. And then you came back and then you accidentally shot yourself right in the gut. Indiana is a uh, Wilhelm scream. <laughs> no, they're Sean Bean, man. Sean Bean, you're like, oh man, he's so cool. I hope he doesn't die. He's gonna die spectacularly in a lot of cases, uh, as they did against Michigan. Georgia Tech also fits into that category because they're going to frustrate you, they're going to cut block you, they're going to be ruthless and charismatic uh, while seemingly having nothing. They managed to take take you deep in the fourth quarter, and then Miami just, I don't know, runs a bunch of screens, gets down the field, throws one pass, and wins the whole game. Yay! <laughs> That's awesome. Just like we drew it I, up. I was, yeah, just exactly like we drew it up. They asked Mark Rick about it after the game, and he's like, well, yeah, that's uh, that's that's one way to win a football game. <laughs> we just coach speak for... Yeah, we need to work on winning games another way. Yeah, man, the hand job. I think somebody cut the brakes on the hand job car because it was it was all over the road today. <laughs> that's that's fine. That's fine. That's how the system works. Listen, in in both of these situations, it is not the first ninety nine percent of the experience that matters. <laughs> it's the last percent, and that is where Miami finishes. Um, I was so I was so also, wait so wait. So that yeah. means South Carolina, Tennessee was a failed hand <laughs> job. That was that was just dry home. <laughs> just way too much of it. Yeah, if you are 
If you are a Tennessee season ticket holder, I have to ask you, why? Think, think of what you've seen this year. You have seen, um, you've seen a, an, an easy win over Indiana State. That's great. That's awesome. You've seen a win over UMass. Sure, only 17 points were scored by Tennessee, but it was a win. You saw no points scored against Georgia. Listen, Georgia Georgia looks like they can absolutely make the college football playoff or at least contend for it. They, you know, I, I get the East-West divide, but take, take Georgia outside of that unfortunate context and they look amazing. And then you saw South Carolina 15, Tennessee 9. <sighs> Got to see a lot of kicking. You did a lot get of good quality see- kicking, you know, with the U.S. out of the Men's World Cup. Not going to see a lot of kicking coming up. Tennessee is filling the void. Appreciate that. Very patriotic of Tennessee. It's... um. Okay, well, here's here's the good news. If you are a Tennessee season ticket holder, you don't have to see them lose to Bama because that's in Tuscaloosa this year. So, cool. You don't have to see them lose to Kentucky. Also true. And you don't have to see them. Uh, now they'll probably beat Mizzou just because Missouri has no – Missouri doesn't want to be here anymore. And I, you know what? I respect that. I respect that Missouri is just like, my dad says I have to be here, but he didn't say I had to try. (laughs) Fuck you. What do you have to do? Just try for a quarter. Just try for a quarter, and then, you know, we'll get out of here. And then he says we can can get Slurpees. And and he gets high with me. I love my dad. (laughs) Spencer described Mizzou as the uh, fighting video game button masher. (laughs) Totally the button masher. Which I think is perfect. Like, the most obnoxious person to play. Like, you're playing your Soul Calibur Street Fighter or whatever, and, you know, like... I can beat all my friends, and then like someone picks it up, they've never played it before. Like, <laughs> damn, damn, this is this is harder than this. this is. And, then, <laughs> and then like after they catch you a few times, it's just like, uh, oh, oh, okay, I, I get this. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're like, wow, man. You know what? They're gonna mention this so many times. I'll be like, you know, Mizzou had a thousand yard rusher, a thousand yard receiver, and a three thousand yard passer. And I'm like, yeah, they should have. You know why? They had to throw the ball 40 yards every time just to have a prayer. They had to, like, that was it. That That's all they had. Other teams were like, I don't know, give them this. Just let them have this. Let them have this. Let them take it. I mean, that's, and button mashing too, that's what, now the Cal's Sonny Dykes experiment ended, right? And we have Justin Wilcox who, Apparently good enough to just beat you 37-3 out of nowhere. Hey, Cal. Thoroughly. Something's wrong with Luke Falk, man. This is this is the year that I really wish Border War was still a thing. Because it would be really useful to say, hey, who is the worst Power 5 team? I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> Yeesh. <laughs> also, button mashing. Button masher versus button masher. The results are <laughs> random. The tactics are nonsensical, and the outcomes completely arbitrary. Well, let's do it, this. let's let's come on. Kansas Kansas is button mashing on a controller that's not plugged in. I think, <laughs> I mean, I think these two in a fighting game, it would look more like a dance battle. Like neither of you are actually trying to make contact. 
You're, you're both you're both doing capoeira by yourselves. If if Missouri is the button masher, Kansas is the person who only knows low block and it's just staying in low block the whole time. Kansas is just doing backflip. Backflip, backflip, backflip. Kansas is building know, up, Kansas building up the special meter and that's all. I know low block. Low block is Florida. Florida's just low block. Low block. Uh, low block. Low block. Low block, low block. We're not going to talk about Florida. I don't see much blocking going on when Florida's playing. <laughs> That's it. See, the, the blocking's very low. It's happening at a level you cannot possibly discern with human eyes. Low block, that's Georgia Tech. They'll come right at them knees. Listen, if you, if you want to talk about something unpleasant, I will make you do this week's ad read. Uh, you know what? I think we should go ahead and do those. Great. I'm going to let you start. Yeah, this one's going to be deeply unpleasant. As you know, uh, Ryan has decided that uh, we're going to raise money for uh, disaster relief. Various sites at this point because it's a busy season for that, uh, particularly with Hurricane. And uh, thus far, wh- where are we at in terms of uh, donations and such, Ryan? Um, Just around. We Circa. are like probably at like 24000 or something like that. Okay, to show you how committed I am to this cause. I'm going to read something that's deeply painful because Ian paid money for charity. And for that, I'll agree to the terms of the contract and read what I'm supposed to read here, Ian. You magnificent dick of a man. D.C. is a great city that I love to visit. Bob Dylan is an amazing recording artist. (laughs) Wah-hoo-wah. He made me read that. He made me Read that. Now, and, the Virginia know. the Virginia part wasn't so bad, was it? Yeah, no, out of those, out of those say, three things, that part went down fine. Yeah, no, wah-hoo-wah. I felt like doing the Lego Batman when he says sorry, right? Like, DC. <laughs> like, I can't get it out of my mouth. Bob Dylan is a recorder. No. Like, Virginia is definitely going to win more games in Florida this year. Definitely. They're 5-1. and one. Yep. Just like Kentucky, they're 5-1. and one. These are real things. We don't make jokes. Uh, let's see. I'm also obligated. Ben, thank you, Ben, for your kind donation. Uh, I'm supposed to uh, do this. My request is that Spencer give a very brief assessment on who he thinks will win the World Series this year and why. So let's, I'm gonna tell let's, you- let's start here. Can you name how many teams that are still in contention for the World Series can you name? One. I can name one, and I have a good guess at another. Okay, okay? go ahead. Uh, one, the guess is the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs are, yes, still in the playoffs as of this recording. <clears throat> and uh, the other one I'm pretty sure is Houston. That's the other one I know. Correct. I know that. Correct. Uh, okay. <clears throat> and uh, do you have any other questions <clears throat> uh, no. as a Houston Astros expert? That no, I am. No, no. So now, okay. I mean, so now I only really need you to tell me if the Cubs are going to repeat or if um, the Astros are going to win the World Series. The Astros are going to win the World Series, Ryan. And here's why. I, I can turn this into a positive, okay? Mm-hmm. Houston is our, is, is our nation's greatest city for a number of reasons, okay? And I will list them as best I can. At Cream Burger, you can get a Frito pie as a side dish to your hamburger. Frito pie as a side dish. We sing the praise of the cookout all the time for offering like corn dogs as a side. Mm-mm-mm. 
a degree and step beyond that in the evolution of main dishes as side dishes. Get, getting your Frito pie and putting it on the side as a side dish. It's it's something else entirely. It's impossible to go to the city without gaining at least 15 pounds. Um, it, it is ugly. It's not a pretty city, and yet it continues to attract people just like like daily. Like It just won't stop growing. It just flooded, and I bet it's still growing. It'll come out of this quarter, and they'll be like, Houston made money. I have no idea how this happened. <laughs> Absolutely none. It is the setting for one of America's finest movies ever, Urban Cowboy. And one of the best villains ever, Scott Glenn, the wiriest man in the history of humanity, wearing a black hat because why be subtle? Filmed the Gillies, home of the original Mechanical Bull. Absolutely magnificent. Oh, what what else about Houston? Oh, yeah, it's it's the home of, like, one of the greatest rap acts of all time, UGK. It's the home of Fat Pat. It Houston, the home of Towns Van's aunt, who sang about drinking cough syrup before any rapper did. Which has to be some sort of great cultural accomplishment. I don't know quite how to score that. Ben Franklin did that, actually. I would bet Ben Franklin totally invented lean. Completely. Just, right? That was the one he kept to himself. He said, no, nah, this shit's too good. I'm not sharing this. <laughs> just in the baby bottle, like in the sipping on some scissor video. Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. Ben tipping at the court in France. We can probably find that, right? Like. Like some in the annals of like the French royal family, we can go back and see like, oh look, man, there's totally like a recipe for lean in here. This is incredible. It's delicious. It's, it's delicious. So yeah, that's. Do I know anything about the baseball team? Not a damn thing. Save this. They have like two happy Mexican dudes like dancing in belted jeans and button downs as like their their celebratory clip they play when they win. And I'm I'm all for that set to festive banda. So that's that's why I think Houston will win the World Series. You have facts. Um, I have extremely subjective opinions about a city that never gets enough credit nationally. So that's I believe Houston will win the World Series. Um, I'm gonna do my couple, and then we'll close with Jason's. Uh, first, this donation is on behalf of the entire staff over at HerLoyalSons.com. And as such, uh, they'd like us to know that they donated to the Miami Diaper Bank, which aids the tiniest victims of Hurricane Irma, a handful of older Notre Dame fans, and the Florida offense. Do Irish fans watch other college football teams? The answer may surprise you. Our podcast at HerLoyalSons.com provides Notre Dame analysis missing from the shutdown forecast and revels in the success that castoffs Charlie Weiss and Malik Zaire found in Gainesville. So come visit HerLoyalSons.com, home of rational takes from the most irrational fans. Um, honestly, I, I, I have nothing but good wishes for Notre Dame this season. Because this means you're just going to lock Brian Kelly up for a long deal. Just, I mean, <laughs> you're just going to go ahead and lock that he, He's going to get the lifetime marriage contract deal. It's going to be wonderful. You're going to be stuck with him for God knows how long. And you'll look back and you'll say, well, why? I don't know. We won 10 games in 2017. Cool. Do you know how I know this? Because in 2016, you gave him a six-year contract extension. Did they win the national title? No. Did they play for the national title or make the playoff? No. 
They went 10 and 3. That's all it takes to get an extra six fucking years at Notre Dame. 10 wins. So, yeah. I hope you, you know what? I hope you get to 11 because I'm excited to see if that means 16 years. <laughs> I like the, um, Brian Kelly, like the, the shots between him and his bosses, they've been, you know, I think passive aggressive enough to where you could see him in the statement coming out and saying like, it's a, it's a bittersweet moment for me extending myself here at Notre Dame. Um, just, I thought we had to do it. Just got it over with. Rip the Band-Aid off. I will, now, I know that we are 10 towards anti-fighting Irish here. And I would like to say a few things tilting in the other direction. Mostly that we have not experienced the college fo- football playoff in a year where Notre Dame is in contention. Even when they're good, they're not quite good enough to be in that conversation. It's and it's a really interesting question because we all start the year saying like, well, we've got five power conferences and we've got four slots to fill, and maybe there's a Houston or a Navy or a USF or somebody that like or a Boise State that will maybe be in that talk, but probably not. Um, Notre Dame is the thing that can make this really go fucking south quickly, especially because. I can envision a world where Georgia wins the rest of its games leading into the SEC championship game. Notre Dame also wins the rest of its games, uh, but obviously doesn't have a conference championship to go to. At this point, that would mean they beat USC, they beat NC State, they beat Wake Forest, they beat Miami, they beat Navy, and they beat Stanford. That is a hell of an impressive six-game stretch if they pull it off to close the season. And then I can see Georgia, I don't know, getting destroyed in the SEC championship game. And then I can see the wonderful conversation unfolding. Should Georgia, loser of the SEC championship game, and only with one loss, get a spot in the playoff? Or should Notre Dame, with arguably a more full resume, but a loss to that Georgia team, should they get the spot? And I'm only here for fighting and misery. And Notre Dame, you can help me make that a reality. So yes, I hope you do well for the rest of the season. I think I got a Notre Dame scenario that's even better. Please. So Notre Dame only plays 12 games. The Big 12 used to only play 12 games. In 2014, they missed the playoff partly because they only played 12 games. Now the Big 12 champion will play 13 games. What if... Oh God! Big Twelve champion. Oh God! Say twelve and one. TCU misses the playoff at the expense of eleven and one Notre Dame. Oh God! It's gonna happen. You just said it, so now it's gonna happen. Yeah, because if you go, if you go look and you compare schedules and resumes and like, and you do them how the committee does, number of bowl teams played, um, number of likely top twenty-five teams played. They're going to be pretty close. Oh, God. Um, I also have to mm-hmm. give a few shout-outs to Greg Cavell, Dennis Lay, John Newhouse, and Eric Beesbrock. Thank you for donating. Um, you are all, by proxy now, Notre Dame fans. I'm sorry, but that's the way it works. Jason has a couple others, and then we'll, I don't know, we'll talk about something else stupid. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Um, from Adam, I know that Florida will somehow keep winning, beat UGA, and win the East. End quote. Um, 
so I've been trying this gimmick on this show for the last few weeks that I'm the Florida Defender Homer fan, like the voice of the Florida fan who thinks this is all actually very good um, and appreciates the three national titles that this team has won in our lifetimes. Um, I, I, that's pretty hard at this point, man. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think, I think I get it. I think I'm starting to see the other side because <laughs> to be oh, quite honest, I don't see this team making a bowl game right now. Like, I, I agree. I agree with like, you. Like, like the Florida Gators have applied with the NCAA for an exemption to become bowl eligible at five and six, which would get them into the independence bowl like that. Like, nah, bro, that ain't. But four years after four and eight, nah, nah. I think I think they should get four and seven because they did have a game that got canceled due to a hurricane. And if they have the APR scores, they think four and seven should be good enough. Yeah, well, you don't have the APR. Well, so. shit. <laughs> mm, I'm gonna enjoy. I'm gonna enjoy when we get the because this is. I wrote about this today, but. It's pretty much all you can write about Florida at this point, that the cycle never changes. Just get a coach who's going to be given four years to do a mediocre job with the little shadow puppet kabuki drama of, we'll replace a coordinator in the final year. It'll make a, it'll make a difference and change everything. And uh, there won't be time to it, fix is, it. it. Were either of the coordinators good? No. No, 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 they weren't. Did they have outdated ideas spotty resumes oh what's that you don't want smarties for dessert good news we have runs (laughs) but but adam stipulated uh florida uh beats uga wins the east so a lot of people have already given up on the cocktail party this year because georgia has been good and florida has been bad lay as if that always matters when it comes to this game i'm not making a prediction i'm just saying um, I think I, I I would never make any sort of a confident uh, prediction on this game. It is you can go back and look it up. Um, this is the most unpredictable major rivalry in the country. Uh, so but but hey, here's sure. here's here's the second part. It, how do you get to the wins the East part? Because right now, Florida has two losses in conference, and Georgia has none. Are we saying that Georgia's going to lose to Auburn? I guess. Could. It's at Could. Auburn. Could. Although there is a there is an entire like ream of notes, like tomes of notes full of stuff Kirby Smart has as let's see, the defensive coordinator who shut down Auburn in recent Iron Bowls? Yeah. I think he's gonna be familiar. Because I was I thinking the same. I don't, I don't know. Gus has some notes too. Does he? <laughs> well, I mean, he he, he used to. He 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 might have he might have he might have lost him or something. I mean, listen, Did I will we? I will let's let's examine the world in which Florida beats Georgia. Yeah, that opens things up in the SEC East. The problem is, I think it's for Kentucky. <laughs> if All right. you know, I mean, at this point, with my own ambitions hopes and dreams long since scuttled and lying at the bottom of the metaphysical ocean i'm entirely positive and happy and content with kentucky blowing through the rest of this division having the best season in the kentucky wildcats like history basically that'd be fine i'm okay with it 
That'd be great. Also, who's their only loss? It'd be to Florida. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I- I'm going to let you have the best season, and you're still going to have like a-, a baffling loss just sitting there. I like the idea of Texas A&M tagging in as the SEC East champ, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the only team that's like, Stand, stand back. We'll handle this. We, we, we have experience. We, you know, we, we know how to, uh, how to stand up to a bully. We'll, we'll handle this. Don't hurt yourselves. Because like it, so far, it felt like A and M was the only team all year that like actually um, wanted a piece of Bama and not in like a like you know squirrely underdog kind of way. Just kind of like, well, we're here to do what we're here to do. And hey, you fuck know, what, you. Whatever Ar- happens, Arkansas, happens. Arkansas scored nine points. You asshole. <laughs> Arkansas got a large piece of Bama, I'll, 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 I'll grant. Um, so, yeah, I think what we have, Adam, we tried. What we ended up with was Florida in third in the SEC East behind A&M in Kentucky. But at least we got it out of Georgia's hands, okay? So that's something. And now you have maybe the most diabolical read we've received um, throughout this whole process. Please, go ahead. From Chris Pendley. Is well must champ. The head coach Tennessee deserves. No, no. I mean, if no. if, he, if he can't beat him, and you can't repeatedly. So, Coach Puncho Boom is clearly making a tour of the SEC East, having already collected two badges uh, as the head coach at two different schools. Adding a third, got to be next on the. I mean, where is he going to go? He can't leave the division. There's a court order, right? Um, <laughs> that ankle monitor, so it's pesky. It's it, it it only functions in like a six state radius. He's tried to chew through it, but it's made for rhinos or something. I mean, look for you know bowl game. How far did he get? Birmingham. Okay, so the the thing just does not have much of a range to it. Um, so what is Will Muschamp most known for in the Tennessee rivalry? Um, anger. Well, the, like as far as his his record against Tennessee. Oh, just the the lack of a the lack of a positive digit in the loss column. <laughs> yeah, all he does is make Tennessee lose. Therefore, yeah, he's the perfect head coach for the Tennessee. Can I can I do this? I have an alternative idea. If Tennessee were real crafty and wanted to use the resources that they had at hand in order to cut down at the margins and eliminate the problem of Will Muschamp coaching against them in the SEC East. What would make Will Muschamp happiest in life? Answer, running a gas station poorly. Okay. (laughs) Where can he get his very own gas station? That's right, the Haslam family, who own Pilot, one of the largest (laughs) gasoline station providers in America. It's called Pilot because this gas is for planes. That's not true, Will. We keep telling you, <laughs> you've got to stop fueling up planes. Now, I don't think just one gas station. I think you give him three. Because, remember, football's a three-phase game. We just say, hey, listen, Will, it's just a three-part problem. There's offense, defense, and special teams. And in one case, there's going to be one big, shiny pilot. Flawless. Going to have, like, bathrooms you'd eat out of the urinals, right? Like, just amazing clean, spotless customer service, top to bottom. That's the defense one, right? That's the one that Will Muschamp actually works on. Then there'll be one that's on fire. That's the offense. It'll just be perpetually on fire. Don't worry about that. It's on fire. 
And then there'll be special teams. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. A lot of the little debbies and stuff will be stale, but otherwise, it's, yeah, it all it, it only takes cash, which is a little bit of a pain, but it's fine. Yeah, that's that's fine. Why does it only take cash? Because I don't trust the government. That's Will Muschamp. Just give him three gas stations, let him run them poorly, and he'll just leave football. He'll be that. That would make him so happy. <laughs> um, before we depart. I would like to acknowledge that, yes, Rutgers won a Big Ten game. Hadn't happened in, I think, two years or so. But, Illinois, you understand what it is to to exist in a world where... Listen, we hear so much about income inequality in this world. Homelessness. The 1%. Illinois said... Illinois decided to do something the fuck about it. They said, listen... This Rutgers team, which has only beaten Morgan State this year, which lost to Eastern Michigan. Like, you know what? Let's put a W on that schedule. And they did. And you know what, Illinois? You're not going to get a lot of praise for that. And maybe that's because you have a coach with an insanely high buyout because you think for some reason the NFL will want him back. And you're not wrong. The NFL is very dumb. But you did a good thing for another person. I don't know why, but you did. And I'd like to acknowledge that. Uh, on the other hand, Ohio State, total monsters. Total monster assholes. Eight touchdowns against Nebraska. How could you? Like the assholes of monsters. <laughs> Think about how much corn you consume Ohio State in its various forms. Giving a whole new meaning to Pacific Rim. God. Jesus Christ. I do want to acknowledge a couple of other things while we're rolling through acknowledgements at the very tail end of this podcast. I want to acknowledge that the Michigan State Spartans are five and one. I don't know how it happened, and neither do you. Let's not <laughs> pretend. But they're five and one. My uh single favorite, my tweet of the weekend from this past week was uh Robbie Callen said, um both Michigan State and Minnesota look like they're point shaving. <laughs> <laughs> and which I mean, if you're in that kind of tangle, the Spartans are winning, bro. It's yeah, it's real by the way, real hard to real hard to fight that when uh you get the fourth quarter twenty one point burst against Michigan State, like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> Numbers ain't adding up, boys. Need to put a few in the end zone or PJ's losing an arm. I would also like to go ahead and uh congratulate uh, Texas. Because I know you, you lost by five points to Oklahoma in a game where everybody thought you were losing by 50. Ellinger's coming along. I I am the Texas optimist this year. Not just because I'm placing some sort of Svengali-like faith in what Tom Herman can do as a coach, but there's talent on this roster. They played really well. I'm just going gonna, gonna to continue to sunshine pump Texas just, just a little. Not that the aristocrats need all the help, but just to state factually that this is a team that's improving and performed better than people thought they should have. Speaking of teams performing well beyond what they thought they should have, Utah, with no semblance of an offense, managed to, I don't know, be, almost beat USC. And they did the right thing, if you did not see this. On the road, after scoring a TD where an extra point would have tied at the end of regulation, Utah went for it. Kyle Whittingham just, just said, fuck it. We're going to win it or lose it right here. One play. And, and they lost. And you, you know what? That's you got to at one point accept 
that the ends the ends really aren't what you're doing it for. What you're doing it for is philosophy. And Utah team perpetually with nothing to lose, playing USC in LA. I I really I I I love the call. I don't really care whether they got it or not because that's the kind of thing that later on will reap benefits by people just being absolutely terrified of you. I'm completely with it. Sometimes sometimes you got to lose a fight to win two or three down the road. That's what I'm calling this, y'all. So, well well done, Utah. You won 27-28 this week. Um, did y'all know that Jim Mora can see the future? I just learned this. I'm not I'm, I'm not making this up. Mm. Because um well, UCLA lost badly to Arizona 47 to 30. Dropping them to three and three on the season, and I think with just one conference win, yeah, over Colorado. This is the last thing Jim Bora tweeted on October 9th. so a week from a week ago, Monday, when most people will hear this. Before that Arizona game, only at UCLA, go Bruins, and then it, that is a manual retweet of the sun setting. Over UCLA campus. He knew. He knew he was going to die. He knew he was done. He saw it in the stars. Because that's what the sun is. Mm. A big star that's slowly burning. And somehow sustaining life. And will eventually take it from us. Including Jim Mora. Uh, Another thing. Jim Mora didn't really foresee the meteor. That would hit him. Because uh, that meteor. Three weeks ago was uh, a backup. That'd be Cleel Tate. If you're not following Cleel Tate, I'm just going to let you in on Cleel Tate. Cleel Tate is small. Cleel Tate is essentially a neutrino. He is a tiny, little, often invisible thing uh, that can pass through lead, linebackers, defensive tackles, defensive ends, safeties, concrete, thousands of miles of earth, anything. A theoretical particle that, uh, I don't know, has uh, over 200 yards rushing in consecutive games, which um, I think the last quarterback to do that was David. The original David. Like, I don't – it's astonishing to watch him and what he's doing right now. And it's also kind of a shame because uh, most people are only seeing the box score. Dude split safeties. My favorite run in football, right? When somebody is so fast that they hit between the hashes – and both safeties look at the other and go, oh, God, <laughs> we, like, there's 15 feet between the two of us and we're not making it. Yeah, but at, at, while you're right and while the nuclear comparisons are apt, the UCLA, the UCLA defense is one of those uninhabited islands where you test these bombs. A neutrino can also pass through crepe paper, OK? It doesn't have to do anything outlandish. Sometimes it just goes through a. Nice silk kimono, all right? That's hello. what Khalil Tate. Hello, we're the UCLA defense. We thought it'd be fun to see if we could make a football pinata. Hit us! Candy! Yeah, that's, uh, that, also got, uh, that also got Atlanta Falcons defensive end, former UCLA Bruin, Takaris McKinley, to tweet, UCLA football doesn't lose to Arizona, dot, dot, dot. Straight embarrassing. Which, if anyone knows anything about blowing a massive lead, why we got to do this? I know. He wasn't Sorry. there, okay? And look, now they're losing to the Dolphins, so the Super Bowl's <laughs> not going to uh, be an I was, issue. I was going to say, we got him caught up. 
<laughs> we, we've interested him in this newsletter. Any, anything, anything he missed, he's all caught up on now. Yeah, Khalil, Khalil Tate is absolutely unreal. My final, my final shout-out is uh, to Rod Gilmore. Because Rod Gilmore, if you haven't listened to Rod Gilmore, Rod Gilmore is um, the most conservative announcer in football. You know what's dangerous? Everything. Everything will kill you, and everything is too risky. It's too dangerous! Rod Gilmore is the little video game companion in the side who's always saying things like, like, I wouldn't go in there. It's dark, and this is a video <laughs> game. There's probably bad things in there. You should just stay out here and see if you can find collectibles. Like, he'd be the guy at GTA who's like, hey, you want to go hang out with that gangster? He's like, no, he does crime. You should go find a beverage and maybe see if you can buy a new shirt with some of those credits you earned from performing good deeds. You don't of- go in the forest until you have a shield. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's him. He's the video game assist set on the most, like, school marmish, nannyish, worried, anxious. Like, there is no amount of risk in football that Rod Gilmore embraces. Are None. you sure you don't want to take the driving tutorial? It's recommended to take the driving tutorial before entering a vehicle. I would take the run pass option tutorial. You just got to throw it away. Like straight drop back pass on first down. He's like, oh, whoa. Most, I don't like it. I don't like the call. Like this situation happened. Mark Rick from time to time, both at Georgia and now at Miami, sees the value of trying an aggressive onside kick, right? Um, there are some people who onside kick every play in football. Kevin Kelly, for instance, does it 90 to 95% at Pulaski Academy in Arkansas. It's this famous case of how risk is generally mismanaged in the sport of football, okay? Mark Richt, being real wacky for a big college coach, tries one, I don't know, once a year, twice a year, coming out of the second half. He's good for one or two, and it's great. It's worked before, it's failed before, like anything you try. Not a real high percentage play to begin with. So coming out against Georgia Tech, to be fair, a team known for mobbing the ball, owning the clock, sucking all time of possession up, and taking the air out of a game, right, in a close game, Miami tries something which I think is fairly sensical. They try for an onside kick, right? Um... It doesn't go real well. Uh, The guy who's closest to the ball, for some reason, just kind of stares at it like he doesn't know it's live. And then on the chase, if you watch the clip, uh, the Georgia Tech player picks it up, and the guy, rather than pursuing, just falls down in despair knowing that he's given. He just, like, goes belly first, like, oh, man. Listen, sometimes these companion missions, your video, your, the, 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 it's just the computer doesn't know what to do, okay? It's dangerous. And when this happened, the noise Rod Gilmore made as it happened was like, (laughs) and then a brief moment of getting his composure and his first comment was, I don't like it. We're like, no, I bet Rod Gilmore sees, I bet Rod Gilmore sees Taco Bell commercials and he's like, oh God, they put, they made the shell a fried egg. I have to go lie down for a week. I oh. would prefer not to live moss when I <laughs> the exact amount I am currently living. Rod Gilmore, live Menos. 
I just love live I mean, I, 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 like I, he's my favorite announcer for all these reasons. And I know we've talked about this before, but just how he keeps winding up in these predicaments where, <laughs> where poor Rod Gilmore has to be the voice of reason who is being totally ignored. Just the chaperone who is, you know, the kids are the, the, <laughs> the kids have taken over the school bus entirely. I'm just having Rod, like the minute they lined up and the kick went onside, I started laughing out loud knowing that several blood vessels in Rod Gilmore's head well. just blew up. A cold sweat broke out, right? He's like, oh, I, I got to go get my backup backup suit now. Because you know he travels with like the backup backup suit, right? I, I, I mean, I think you got to punt to the aliens here. You can't put Randy Quaid in a plane. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> I just... Now there's a full list of things I want to en- like enjoy with Rod Gilmore. Like let's watch an episode of Magic School Bus, right? This bus, oh, it's flying. This is not. Well, that's, that's not. not that's not sealed for that's for water. Safe. That's not waterproof at all. I think I think the school bus should go to the library. You know what I it was? S- you know you know what broke him? He played at Stanford. Mm-hmm. In the early 80s. Mm-hmm. He was on the field for mm-hmm. the play. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> the craziest play in the history of American football. Where I'm convinced, by the way, you can divine the basic DNA of someone's essence, right? By watching that play. And there are one of two reactions. There's, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Go Bears. Or there is, oh, God. <laughs> that, that, that's it. That play snapped his soul. I mean, you know, it, like we, we say all this lovingly, but it would be easy for someone to judge Rod Gilmore. You know, oh, he's so boring. He's so conservative. Tell you what, bro, you try and live through that and you come out and say, you, go go deep and all that stuff. See how, t- see how tough you are then. No, you'll be trying to punt on first down too. I think, we should, I think we should keep the band in a different stadium altogether just to be safe. Why would you, why would you, why would you elbow the trombone player? Because it's festive, Rod. It's festive. He's on the field. It's live. What's he doing there? I just won. I'm going to elbow drop the trombone player. <laughs>